Hello, and welcome to Banking Transform, the top podcast in retail banking. I'm your host, Jim Roos, owner and CEO of the Digital Banking Report and co-publisher of the Financial Brand. On today's Banking Transform podcast, I'm thrilled to be joined by Brandon McGee, Chief Digital Strategy Officer at A-plus Federal Credit Union out of Austin, who is spearheading their ambitious efforts to reimagine members' digital experiences. Brandon has a 30-year legacy in both banking and technology, having spent time at both large and small financial institutions, as well as working both at Dell and Facebook. With leadership committed to being future-ready, A-plus Federal Credit Union has made tremendous strides in digital innovation and user-centric design. In our conversation, we explore how credit unions can become digital leaders, the role of culture change, the keys to rapid iteration, and the advice for other credit unions and financial institutions of all types to make their digital transformation path future-ready. Throughout its history, A-plus Federal Credit Union has maintained a strong commitment to its members' financial well-being, fostering a sense of community and providing innovative solutions tailored to their individual unique needs. You know, its evolution from serving educators to a diverse membership base underscores its adaptability and dedication to providing exceptional service. So before we dig into what's happening at A-plus Federal Credit Union, Brandon, can you share a bit about your a pretty long career background and your perspective on the importance of digital transformation at A-plus Federal Credit Union? Absolutely. Thanks, Jim. So I uh, started my career at a credit union, uh, Industrial Federal Credit Union, while I was attending Purdue University. Um, after that, I uh, worked for Huntington National Bank in Columbus, Ohio, uh, was recruited down to Dell uh, in Round Rock, Texas. Uh, spent a little time out at Facebook, Fiserv, before really coming back to my roots at A-plus Federal Credit Union. Um, and as far as you know, the importance that A-plus focuses or, or puts on uh, digital transformation, for the last two years, um, our mantra has been digital first and data driven. Um, it's really key and, and foundational to everything we do for our members. You know, it's interesting, you know, I got to meet you Gosh, it's probably almost 20 years ago now at Huntington um, National Bank. And you were in charge of a lot of the digital processes there. But as you said, you've gone to Dell and to Facebook and and now where you are now. But in each of these roles, you've really had a role in, in transforming the digital aspect of the organization. How is it different at A-plus Federal Credit Union as opposed to where you've been in your past? Now, it's a, a good question. Um, the, the skills uh, that a person has translates really well from company to company, industry to industry. It's about communication and collaboration and, and those components. Um, but the, the way we execute digital transformation is different just kind of based on those companies. So at A-plus Federal Credit Union, we're small, we're nimble, um, but I, I kind of think of us as just the right size because we've got uh, enough resources, um, enough focus that we can really compete with the big guys, um, offering the, the same features, functionality, services that you would see at a, a Chase or B of A or Wells. Um, but we're able to, to move, you know, more quickly. Um, uh, thoroughly enjoyed my, my time at some of the larger companies, um, but you can't move quite as fast. You can't be quite as agile uh, as we are at A+. 
you know, it's interesting. It's each one was really in an advanced state. I mean, Huntington, even 20 years ago, 15 years ago, was really one of the leaders in a lot of the things they did with digital. But it's interesting. We we talked, I guess it's two weeks ago now, and and it really prompted this podcast in that what you were doing at A Plus was really unique because again, you're able to do some of the things you were wanting to do at other organizations, but able to do it fairly quickly. But one thing that came out of our conversation was how important leadership was. How have you seen that transform again through your across your entire career? How important has leadership been to enable change and rapid transformation? It's absolutely critical, Jim. Uh, and I've been fortunate that uh, each of those stops that I've kind of been recruited at, I was recruited to those because the the leader, the manager, uh, the person that had the vision, they were already bought in on the importance of whether it was mobile. Uh, digital transformation, kind of any of these topics. So when I came in, I didn't really have to convince the the executives that we needed to do this. They already knew that we needed to, to kind of, you know, take our digital uh, game to the next level. They were just kind of looking for the right person to, to kind of help with that. So, you know, across the, the spectrum, our board of directors, our CEO, our executive team, they're all in on digital. Um, and again, the, the collaboration, the communication, the the partnership that I have with all those folks, that's what enables us to, to move quickly and be nimble. Um, we, we do kind of annual planning at a high level, um, but we're on a month-to-month, quarter-by-quarter basis adjusting our roadmap. So when I joined the, the credit union in 2021, we kind of came in, we laid out a, a multi-year digital transformation journey that we wanted to accomplish. Um, you know, less than two years in, we've got more than 60% of that accomplished. And it's because wow. the board of directors and the CEO gave me the, the capital and the, uh, the opportunity to, to really run. So within, you know, just from December to now, uh, we've deployed a new, uh, completely overhauled brand new uh, website for A plus FCU. We've deployed uh, Alloy Identity Verification and Fraud Management. We've deployed a virtual agent uh, chat tool. We've deployed live agent chat. Um, and we have many more uh, kind of coming in the, the third and fourth quarter with uh, uh, Q2. We're deploying uh, a new composable dashboard UI UX, so taking our UI to the next level. We've got uh, Zelle deployment coming up. We've got Visa card controls coming up. The, the list goes on and on. So just within a one-year period, um, what we've been able to deploy, I credit that all back to our board of directors, our CEO, our leadership team for recognizing the importance of digital, giving us the capital and the, the resources to do it. Okay, so this is a unique podcast because I maybe really get into the tactics of what goes on as opposed to talking just the vision and the environmental thing. So you came in in 2021, right at, at pretty much at the middle part or end part of COVID. But you came in knowing there were certain things that had to be done. On the top of that list, when you came in and saw where A-plus was at that point, what had to be fixed first? That's a great question. So we looked at it. Um, the The focus is on the member. Full stop, uh, that's the lens that we kind of focus through. So we took a look at the member experience, the member journey, from the very first step where they come into the website 
all the way through signing up for the new account, getting registered for digital banking, adding new products and services, interacting with digital banking. So we went and kind of leveraging data. Uh, if if member is number one, data is number two. We kind of begin and, and ever, uh, end everything with data. So looking at the the data on features, functionality, usage, also looking at the data from uh, member satisfaction surveys, mobile app store ratings and reviews, um, all of that data we kind of brought in and, and consumed and then looked to optimize that funnel at every step, improving our, or uh, implementing automation, removing friction, making uh, everything clean, easy, uh, easy to understand, accessible and intuitive. So brand new website, uh, new uh, uh, online account opening process, automating the new account opening process, um, improvements to the digital banking UI, um, improvements to uh, once a, a new member was in, the, the new member onboarding. So setting up a cadence through our uh, email solution provider, letting our members know about you know, the different products and, and services that we have. Um, so it's been, it's been a ball. It's been a lot of hard work. We're nowhere near uh, finished. And, and this is, uh, the job will never be finished. It continues. We iterate, we improve, we find new things. And, and through that agility, uh, there were projects that I had budgeted for in 2023. The, the environment has changed. We've learned new things. We've received member feedback over the last six months. So we're kind of doing a pivot on shifting and reallocating capital and dollars that we had thought we would do for project A. Uh, we found that project B is gonna be more impactful, help our members more. So even mid-year, I've got the flexibility, the, the autonomy through the, the board of directors and CEO to kind of make those decisions. Boy, it still comes back to leadership. And it's interesting because when you described the path, you really said, let me look at the member journey and let's start at the front end rather than fixing something that might be in the middle that is gonna be taking something that's, that's maybe less optimal and then trying to transform and then make it more optimal afterwards. And, and, you know, we talked about this a little bit. You, you looked at the, the new account opening process and you mentioned Alloy as being one of your partners. When you look at new account opening, how quickly can you open a new account in a plus federal credit union right now? Um, within three minutes. So uh, when I, when I first joined the credit union, uh, this was one of our opportunities to improve. Uh, everything was very, uh, looked very automated on the front end, but there was a lot of manual kind of intervention on the back end. Implementing Alloy dramatically reduced the, the time required to open a new account, which in turn led to tremendous growth. Uh, I was on, on the phone with uh, one of our key vendors yesterday, just kind of talking about you know, what they're seeing in the environment, um, kind of what's happening. Uh, he had shared that uh, Credit unions, community banks our size year over year are seeing new account opening drop by about 8%. Uh, we've seen 18 to 20% growth year over year for the last two years. So all of the investment, all of the improvements, the, the eliminating of, of friction uh, is driving a lot of growth that we're seeing at the, the credit union today. You also mentioned, Jim, uh, you know, starting at the, the front, the website is our front door, right? I can improve something in the, the middle of the funnel, but if, if the front door doesn't look good, the prospect, the, the member isn't going to come through. So uh, I, I had only been here less than 60 days, and we, we kicked off an RFP to do a complete uh, website redesign overhaul. Because if that front door, if, if 
if the prospect doesn't feel like this is a place that I want to put my money to, to put my finances, um, you're kind of, uh, you're stuck. So that was, that was job one. You know, Brandon, it's interesting because you also talked about while certain things look like they were running smoothly, the back office wasn't anywhere near that way. How do you change that? And more importantly, how do you get everybody pulling in the same direction when in the back of most of those people's minds in the back office, they're thinking, Brandon's bringing digital on board and digital means I'm going to lose my or could lose my job. How do you get people pulling in the same direction so that you can get a three-minute new account opening process, an, a digital onboarding process, and a new website all brought on board, when in each case, that efficiency on the customer side maybe has to be really changed in the back office? No, it's a, it's a great question. And, and I think it comes back to the culture of the credit union. So uh, we are truly people helping people. And so when I came in and, and brought a lot of these ideas, I was I was prepared for some some concern and pushback, and it wasn't that way at all. It was open arms, like please, yes, more. How do we do this? Because they knew if I freed up uh, uh, people and their their time from processing these applications manually, there were other things that we could do that would be more impactful uh, for the existing members. So, you know, while we did all this automation, it just it's the partnership uh, or pairing up of the digital with that human experience to just level up everything for the members. So um, it was it was welcomed with with open arms and and it kind of continues, right? That's one of the uh, key concerns related to artificial intelligence that you hear people talk about is, you know, will it take my job? And it's just just the opposite. People are seeing the the opportunity that it gets rid of the the mundane tasks or or the things where humans can't really help and frees us up, enables us to really you know, provide that that one-to-one member experience. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I'm now thinking back in my mind that it doesn't hurt that you're located in Austin, Texas. I mean, that gives you a lot of innovative thinking. I mean, there's so much going on down there in the digital transformations field, in the finance field, and in, in technology. And it's interesting because when you talked about um, working with Alloy, and I'm going to stick on this for a second because we did discuss this offline was the fact that I, I met with a person from Ally once and I did a presentation that said the biggest challenge is that financial institutions will sign up for something then then they can't get out of the way. And they say, yes, I want three-minute account opening, but I'm going to require a driver's license or a government ID in order to do that, which immediately slows it down. Or I'm going to do digital account opening. I'm going to require, however, a wet signature to open the account. So you stayed out of the way. Is this part of what your your background and your history has shown that, you know what, if I let these organizations do what they're best at and I work to make it so that they can actually do their best, that that's part of the leadership function overall too? It, it absolutely is, and but it requires partnership. So uh, it's me working with uh, our CIO, who's phenomenal. Uh, he's also responsible for enterprise risk. So, you know, instead of, I, I learned this, Jim, early on in my career, if you build a project and at the last minute try to pull in legal and compliance and risk and all these teams, project's done. So right. from yeah. day one, from the project inception, we bring all of those teams, all of those people in so that they can kind of take the journey with us and understand from, from the very, very early stages, 
what is the vision, what's the risk, what's the opportunity, and by kind of taking them along that journey, they're able to ask the questions, to get a level of comfort, to understand, uh, you know, we had a concern about X, but we mitigated it with these three steps. So it's it's about that collaboration, that partnership with all the cross-functional teams, um, bringing them along on the journey, making sure that uh, any concerns that they have have been addressed because, um, you know, uh, safeguarding our, our members' money is, is job one. And so we start there and, and then we kind of look at opportunities. But you're spot on. These these partners that we that we work with, this is this is one of the benefits of of A plus Federal Credit Union as well. We're big enough that we've got a lot of resources to work with, um, but we're small enough. I don't really have to worry about the build versus buy decision. That was something I've I've spent a lot of time with at, at other companies. You know, what do we yep. want to build internally? What do we want to buy? What's the the long term maintenance and support look like? But at A plus we find the best peers, the best partners, the best integrations. And then through a tremendous tool like Q2, uh, digital banking, we're able to integrate all that and kind of create this, this unified uh, member experience. So leveraging those partners, finding the best partners in um, virtual assistance or identity verification or P2P money movement, and then leveraging all of their knowledge, all of their skills, all of their experience to, to provide that optimal uh, member experience. Uh, we've had a lot of success with that. You know, it's interesting because, again, our, our history goes back to your days at Huntington. And Huntington was really an innovative company. And you, you, you were part of that innovation that took place. But back then, and it's not that long ago, but back then, you either bought the entire package from somebody or you didn't buy it. And sometimes it is built from within. But even if you bought it, it would be a big thing to buy. Have you found that the whole idea of composable solutions has just been just a godsend to an organization like A+, where you're able to take one from column A, one from column B, make it work within a, a, a an overall digital platform, but make it work in a way that says, I'm going to get the best of what's out there, and they're already going to know how to work with each other? 100%. Because... We want someone, if, if we pick a solution like a virtual agent, I want to select a company that that's all they do. They wake up, they work, they go to sleep all day, every day, thinking, how do I, how do I build this right? How do I automate this? How do I uh, deliver the best member experience? It's harder if a company is doing that as a small part of, of what they want. And so I think we've seen, to your point, a shift in the industry where uh, the composable uh, solution, the SDK, the ability for uh, you know one credit union or, or bank to differentiate, to select the integrations that fit their business model, that help their members, that kind of meet their needs, um, clearly uh, uh, path to success. You know, it's interesting. Innovation and customer-centric or member-centric approach, it's really at the core of everything you've talked about and at the core of A-plus Federal Credit Union. Can you give us an example? of something that you are about to implement, a solution, but you completely change gears because of something that's happened in the marketplace. I mean, a lot's happened in 2023. Maybe give us an example of somewhere where you said, I've got to pivot. We have a bigger issue to solve here than what I thought I'd need to solve in, in June or July, for instance. Yeah, I think uh, uh, maybe one of the the projects that, that we've kind of pivoted on um, AI and, and personalization are very high on my roadmap from an innovation standpoint. So if you think about 
our, our roadmap and kind of how we build the, the roadmap out, we start with the member feedback. I talked about the, the data from surveys, mobile app scores, ratings, reviews, that sort of thing. That's probably our, our number one component into the roadmap. But then um, another kind of important layer are the innovations that the product uh, team has identified that we want to bring in and incorporate. Members might not even realize or, or know that they need this sort of thing or that they'd be interested in it. It's like, uh, I think we just celebrated the, the 15 uh, year anniversary of the iPhone. No one, yep. no one knew we needed an iPhone. Uh, uh, I, I remember a, a peer uh, said that uh, he watched someone go into the store, buy it, uh, come out on the sidewalk and fire it up and then figured out what am I going to do with this, right? So there's those innovations that members may not know they need, uh, but we've identified we think they can add real value and benefit. So uh, AI and, and personalization are two that are high on my innovation uh, roadmap and, and delivering for our members. But I kind of talked earlier, we've, we've made a, a pivot kind of mid-year. I had some capital that I was allocating toward those but I saw an opportunity to improve the new account opening flow even further. And so that's a good example of, you know, we had built a budget, we got board approval, we were kind of working on a path, but we saw an opportunity to drive new member growth, to drive core deposits, uh, to see a, a real step change in the, the growth of the credit union. So that's where I'll make a trade off. We'll shift some of those dollars for the next six months, but then that work will come back in early 2024. So in preparation for this podcast, I asked you to give me like some idea of some of the things you've done in the last couple of years at A plus Federal Credit Union from the standpoint of solutions. You gave me what is literally a laundry list. I mean, it was a very long list. It wasn't we did this, this, and this. You you looked at very some minute, some very some very broad solutions. How do you ensure within your organization, that these all work together in a seamless way? Because you're really taking one from column A, one from column B, one from column C, but you got to, in some way, shape, or form, make it so that these all work together, talk to each other, share data, share insight. Yep. How do you do that? It's a it's a good question. So, And it's not easy, right? Because there are a lot of different integrations. So uh, doing the due diligence upfront, making sure that we talk with references, not just that have implemented a solution, but implemented the solution with the same other integrations that we want to, to bring in. So, you know, uh, why reinvent the wheel? Talk to someone that has implemented uh, uh, Q2 plus Glia Live Agent plus the Posh uh, Agent Virtual Agent tool and understand from them what do they love? What are the opportunities to improve? That sort of thing. So you go into it kind of eyes wide open. That's been kind of a, a key part to us. The other part is being nimble. So there's always new things that you uncover, discover. And so uh, being creative in how you adapt and, and make changes on the fly. We had kind of a, a vision for how these three tools would, would come together. We uh, looked at the member feedback every day, every week, every month, kind of monitored uh, likes and dislikes, and then we've been kind of fine-tuning and, and making tweaks from there. So uh, I won't uh, pretend that I've got it all figured out or that it's all perfect or seamless. If you, if you shoot for that, uh, forget about it. But uh, we can still provide a phenomenal uh, member experience and, and make tweaks kind of as we go. So it's interesting. It's very clear that you're, you're willing and able to make pivots 
in a moment's notice. You have an idea of what you want to accomplish, but you're not committed to the point of saying nothing's going to get in my way of getting this implemented if it's something that's not needed right now. How do you get together with your senior leadership and stay on top of the curve of what's happening? Because, you know, uh, let's let's look at what's happened. You know, in March we had, well, in January, we've had major interest rate swings. We've had gaps in, you know, people are starting to have to look at Alco again, know what they want to offer on a on a on interest rate basis. We had the failure of some financial institutions in March. We had savings outflows, which created new stresses. We've had the whole digital transformation and new solutions coming to market, but also some existing solutions maybe being less viable because of all the changes that happened with Silicon Valley Bank. How do you as an organization stay on top of this? And how do you as a person stay on top of this so that you know, monthly or however often you meet with management, you can say, you know what, I've decided I want to take something out of A and put it towards something else. Uh, I think it's kind of multi-pronged, right? So again, it, everything kind of starts with the board of directors and the CEO. They've got to be uh, bought in on the idea, the concept, and also that they've hired the right people to kind of lead the, the credit union through this. So I do have a lot of autonomy to say, well, it takes a lot of autonomy. It also takes a lot of humility. So I'm not afraid to say, hey, made a, made a mistake there. That was a bad decision. We're going to shift and go this way. So uh, being able to, to kind of have that reflection, to understand based on the, the member data when something is working or, or when something's not, being able to share that with your executive team, having the autonomy to, to make the decision and, and make a pivot, um, and it, it all comes down to results, right? So uh, I talked about, you know, uh, 18% year-over-year growth in, in new members this year, 20% last year. That buys you a lot of freedom and flexibility to say, hey, uh, this team, these these people know what they're doing. Uh, let's let them run. And so it's it's kind of a combination of, of all of those factors, Jim. So let's take a short break here and recognize the sponsor of this podcast. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Microsoft. See how Microsoft can help unlock new opportunities at speed and scale through innovative business processes, delivering differentiated customer experiences across channels, innovating new products and services, and redefining new ways of thinking. Find out more at Microsoft.com backslash financial services. Welcome back to Banking Transform. So today I'm joined by Brandon McGee from A-plus Federal Credit Union. We've been discussing how A-plus Federal Credit Union keeps pace with the speed of change in the banking industry and how they're tactically deploying solutions on almost an every month basis. So Brandon, before the break, you talked about the importance of humility. And it's interesting because when you said that, it prompted the thought in my mind, goes back to our beginning where you basically, we met at a conference where you actually started me off on how to build a blog, how to not only learn, but then deploy those learnings in the marketplace. You've always been a learning person, but it's interesting because to be able to bring in outside solutions, you have to be humil have a humility that says, I don't have to be the smartest person in the room. So with that said, how do you select the partners that tend to be the smartest person in the room for a specific solution? That's a great question. Um, yeah, to your point, uh, years ago, we uh, we met when I was running a mobile banking blog. And 
the the genesis of that wasn't really to create a blog. It was uh, a kind of a forced function for me to read something every day and post something every day and, and kind of get in that cadence. And I did that for years and years and years and had a lot of fun, met a lot of people, built a lot of connections. And so in 2016, I kind of did something similar uh, on AI. Uh, if you go to AIecommerce.com, I started an AI blog and I continue to, to post and share and look for stories and, and kind of bring that together. So leveraging those tools uh, has enabled me to kind of stay current. If you read something every single day or maybe read three articles every single day so that you can find one nugget that you want to share with your audience or your, your listeners or your viewers, you really have to stay kind of tuned into the industry and the, the partners and the peers and what's happening. So that's been a, a tremendous tool. Um, leveraging uh, contacts, peers, uh, I've formed a lot of uh, relationships with chief digital officers uh, here in Austin uh, and in other parts of the country. Uh, through these conferences that we go to, I made connections um, you know, in Oregon and Colorado. So it's a combination of, of reading, learning, uh, kind of doing my due diligence, leveraging peers and partners, their expertise, their knowledge, so I'm not reinventing the wheel. Then going through uh, not a traditional uh, RFP process that's pages and pages long necessarily, but putting vendors through their through their diligence. And it takes time and you ask a lot of questions and, and uh, kind of you know, through that process, you learn who is receptive, who's responsive, who's who's willing to give data, share data, um, uh, asking for early in my career, Jim, I used to think, oh, uh, references aren't that important because, of course, they love them. Otherwise, they wouldn't give them to me. I was wrong. Absolutely critical. Uh, being able to ask for those references, talking with those people, um, making sure that the uh, the partner is able to find two or three or four people that's willing to get on the phone and, and say good things about them. So kind of all of those different touch points, uh, then you kind of kind of pull together. And, and again, this isn't just myself or the product team kind of going through this process. We bring in uh, legal compliance, the CIO fraud, so that all of these different teams are asking those questions and providing feedback uh, so that I've got kind of advice and guidance from from all of my kind of experts across the credit union. You know, it's funny, U.S. Bank does the same thing. They've made a very key point of saying, you know what, I don't want somebody to come in late in the game and say, I'm going to change everything. So I bring them in in the front end and say, you're part of the solution. Let's get it done. And if you know what your destination is going to be and you have everybody in the room that's kind of a piece of the action, then you're going to get there much more efficiently. You're not going to get these delays or these detours in the middle of the process. You know, you you mentioned earlier the importance of data and analytics as, as far as everything you're doing right now. Being a relatively small organization at A-plus Federal Credit Union, how do you get your data straight? Or do you depend on your partners to help you, you know, take your data and make it work for you on your advantage? Yes and yes. So again, digital first, data driven, uh, I won't. I won't say that we've got it all figured out, but we're on a data journey as well. So, uh, my peer, the part, partner CIO, uh, is going under a, a tremendous project to um, get all of the data uh, cleaned, lined up, um, make sure we've got the right infrastructure, um, and so that's a part of it. We've also brought in uh, a third-party partner to help us. Um, you you see and read the stories about 
um, hiring, attracting data talent is extremely difficult. So this is another area where it's almost kind of a build versus buy. We're, we're spending some money and it's not, it's not cheap, it's not free, but the value is there. So we're bringing in a partner that can help us mine that data, cre- uh, create data repositories, data dashboards that we can then get in the hands of all 550 team members of the credit union. I want to enable every single person in the credit union to have the data that they need to provide that optimal member experience. So it's there's some work internally on our infrastructure and, and what we can do that way. It's bringing in third-party partners that do nothing but data and analytics. And then to your point too, it's also working with our, our partners, our largest vendors, working with them to create the dashboards and or the API feeds so that we can get the data into our repository quickly, easily create our own dashboards, our own reporting metrics. Um, but yeah, uh, Jim, if I could give one advice to everyone out there, it's start with data, start and end with data. Before you uh, uh, try to launch a project, you've got to have the data to, to help with the prioritization. You've got to have the data to build the business case and then the monitoring, the tracking, the performance of that data so that at the end of the project, you can go to the board of directors and the CEO and say, you gave us X and we delivered three times that amount. That earns you a lot more capital, a lot more opportunities, a lot more um, uh, flexibility to, to make those decisions and make those changes uh, that you need to. So you mentioned around the customer surveys you do and everything else, but what metrics beyond that do you use to measure the success and impact of your digital transformation initiatives? Um, one of the, the key KPIs that, that I brought to the credit union, this was you know, from my, my time in, in big tech and, and social media, is the concept of a monthly active user. Um, so we brought the concept of a digital monthly active user, and we established our baseline uh, July 21st, 2001, to understand how many members are logging in at least once a month? Now, we're not finished there. We'll actually, we'll get to DAU, daily active users, but we kind of started with, with MAU, and that's one of our, our key KPIs and our key metrics. Um, but I talked about uh, digital first as a part of our mantra. I've talked about, you know, introducing this new digital MAU as a KPI, but it also uh, is, is tied to goals. So we have four goals for uh, every employee at the credit union that determines the bonus pool at the end of the year. Digital MAU is one of those key components. So we've, we've got the focus, we've tied the goals to the objectives, and then we give the, the employees, the team, the training, the education, the materials, the updates, the, the readout on how we're performing against digital MAU and, and kind of tracking that. So it's kind of bringing all those, all those pieces together. Well, it's interesting because when you came on board then, you were already going well beyond customer experience ratings to customer engagement ratings. And, you know, now more than ever, as there's so much competition out there, you know, we, we take for granted the customer that has $40,000 in a deposit account and maybe a $20,000 loan thinking, oh, we've got them all. We, we're good there. Until you start watching flows of funds and you start realizing, geez, they got nine other relationships elsewhere that I've never paid attention to. Well, that active user really becomes the real key to success where you're looking at the engagement level. You know, how often are they using us? How many 
ways can we get them to use this that maybe has nothing to do with a product? I mean, your organization started around the educational community, and you, we haven't even touched upon it, but you you spend a lot of time and money making sure that your members are financially educated to make it so that their wellness is improved. But it's interesting because the more you get them to engage in tools that you provide, that's an active user. And that becomes very key as you look at, you know, the overall success rate of your organization is, you know, how, ma- how much are they depending on us as opposed to how many transactions? It's a big change. Early on, you said something that, that resonated uh, with me, Jim. Um, you know, our, our objective is to be the best digital banking experience in the country. Full stop. And we have to because every one of our members has multiple financial institutions that they work with. So they've got relationships with big banks and uh, financial institutions like uh, Chase and Wells and, and B of A. They also likely have uh, fintech uh, relations, uh, relationships with SoFi and Chime. So yep. if they're moving between these experiences, they fully expect the A plus digital experience to be as good as any or all of those. And so that's, that's our vision. That's our objective of, of what we're kind of striving for. So finally, Brandon, you know, you've, you've brought in so much to this podcast and we're going to have you back again because there are so many things that we talk about at the financial brand, the digital bank report and, and this podcast that really tries to bring home the idea that any organization of any size can digitally transform their organization and move quickly at scale and be very valid. And what's the payoff? You mentioned it, 16 to 20% growth. And you're just touching the surface. That's just make it because your, your, op- your front door is open. It's easy to get an account. And all these other organizations have 15, 20-minute account opening processes. You're getting their customers. But that doesn't come without challenges. As you look over your couple-year journey just at A-plus Federal Credit Union or even over your entire career, what challenge has come up that right now kind of keeps you up a little bit at night? I think one of the, the biggest things for me, Jim, is, is uh, prioritization. I'd love to do it all yesterday. Uh, I'd love to implement all of this change in a year, um, but there's not enough capital, enough time, enough resources to do it all as, as quickly as we would like. So it really, what keeps me up at night is I know there's improvements uh, to the member experience. Everything begins with the member. I know there's improvements that I can make uh, that will impact lives, but it's all about kind of stack ranking and prioritizing this is the biggest bucket. I can help the most people here and then kind of working down the list. So prioritization is, is something that um, is, is at the forefront of my mind uh, every day, every night. Again, uh, waking up in the morning, thinking about it, uh, going to bed at night, uh, thinking about it. The big difference though, Brandon, and you take it for granted, is that you don't let prioritization stifle progress. You know, it's, it's interesting. We, you mentioned this, in fact, in a pre-call that, you know, you look at progress as opposed to perfection. And that is a major deal. And it's hard in financial services where we are all brought into financial services being risk adverse. That was part of the thing that that made people want us is we, we were not going to take risks for the sake of taking risks. But I think the one message I want all my listeners to think about as we we talk about A-plus Federal Credit Union and Brandon McGee as a person is the importance of having every person from the top person in the organization to the person who may be a teller or may not have any customer contact at all. For 
everybody to be pulling in the same direction and everybody believe in the same mission and same final objectives of bringing digital transformation to life and not being afraid of that change. You know, of all the organizations I've talked to, you're one of the few organizations I really believe has the whole organization pulling in the same direction where there's not pulling apart, where the back office realizes they're going to benefit from a more digitally robust organization. You've seen it in the growth. You've proven it. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm giving a little post-mortem here, but it's not a mortem. It's a, it's a lifeline that if an organization really wants to make a difference, it's not about the size. It's not even about the budget. It's about getting things done quickly, finding the right partners, pulling them all together in a uniform way so the member or the, the customer sees it and feels it every day. And Brandon, you said at the end, measuring those successes because that gives you the momentum to go forward, but also points out problems you're having. Brandon, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Jim, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Banking Transform, the winner of three international awards for podcast excellence. We appreciate the support we have received to make this endeavor a success. If you enjoy what we're doing, please take some time to show some love in the form of a review. Finally, be sure to catch my recent articles on the financial brand and check out the research we're doing for the Digital Banking Report. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to our senior producer, Leah Hasledge, and audio engineer and video producer, Will Pritz. If you've not already done so, remember to subscribe to Bank and Transform on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube for more thought-provoking discussions on the intersection of finance, technology, and leadership. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, keep innovating and transforming. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.